Maria Gabi Valierson. I am here with you to celebrate the Hispanic Cultural Heritage Month. And the library asked us to have as a topic uh, Hispanic. We didn't were looking for a topic, just they assumed that we want to talk with you about the important word that Hispanic is. <laughs> Uh, then I would like to start asking Maria Gladys in Spanish at the beginning to start the conversation. It is Hispana? <laughs> well, I had to answer that at the end of the, <laughs> yeah. at the end of the conversation. <laughs> I'm asking her if she feels that she is Hispanic. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, let, let's let's start by uh, talking a little bit about this term Hispanic, which in Spanish is going to be. Hispano o hispánico, también usado como adjetivo. And uh, we, we have to remember that actually this term is uh, um, among the Spanish-speaking world people, um, there is not a consensus as to what it means. Or some people, depending on what they think it means, they are not part of that. There are two parts, I think, I believe, that we have to think of this term. There is one that is the, the linguistic part, which would indicate uh, where does the word his, Hispanic comes. And I think you have a, a, uh, some publication there that Dr. Trujillo brought for you, where it explains mainly that it comes from the term Hispania, which is a historical moment in the peninsula Iberica or the Iberian Peninsula, uh, where after having come, uh, after the Romans came and, well, imposed their, their ways, they call all that area for more than five centuries as Hispania, and that included uh, not only what's Spain now, but Portugal and other parts. And that's, that's just a part, let's say, the, the, ling the linguistic part of Hispania or Hispanic. But there is, I think, the most important part of this term, which is the cultural part, the cultural content of what we mean by Hispanic. And, um, and as I said, among ourselves, uh, Spanish native speakers, there is no consensus. That's why I don't want to answer Dr. Trujillo immediately, am I Hispanic or not? Because I'm not sure, I don't know, it depends on what we mean by it. And I think what's most important is that we have to think of what are our coincidences of all these countries. As you also have a handout that I prepared for you with a map with the 21 countries that speak Spanish. And uh, you can see that um, uh, we all have different uh, cultures. And, uh, and according to the anthropologists and the two references that I have there, um, people from this origin, origin have come to the United States. And because I think that term is used, we're talking about Hispanic in English in the United States. Because if you get out of the United States, nobody thinks of Hispanic, which is Peruvian, Mexican, whatever. We are. So we're just talking about this part of the world, which is the United States. And as you can see there, the population, uh, and we know all 
for the statistics here, we're talking about more than 12% of the population that speaks Spanish in the United States. Now, having said that, um, we had to think of why are we talking about people who speak Spanish that live here and it's due to this phenomenon, which is not just um, limited to Spanish-speaking Spanish people, but to all immigrants that come to this country. Today we're talking, of course, about Spanish-speaking immigrants that have come here as a first generation or second generation, and now they fit into this category of Hispanic or something like that. This is something that was done in the States, I'm sure for very good purposes. I have a, a good friend of mine, an intellectual uh, uh, person who every time that he has to fill up a form like that, are you, you know, American, and all these divisions that they do, I don't even remember what they are. He doesn't put any of them and he puts other and he puts human being. <laughs> he doesn't want to be classified. So uh, with that in mind too, we had to think, you know, I don't know, I am from Peru, but I live here for so many years. I have my children. My children, I suppose they are Hispanic because they come from Peru roots. My husband is Canadian, so at least part of it is they are Hispanics. They have the inheritance of the language and the culture. And the culture, when we talk about culture also, we will have to talk about what culture are we talking about? Are we talking about the culture with the sea, the small sea or the big sea? Those who study anthropology will probably know that these are the basic differences that we make when we talk about cultures of countries. No? When we talk about this, the big seas, the philosophers, the painters, the intellectuals, the uh, writers, etc. When we talk about the small sea, we're talking about the common things that we uh, encounter every day. Food, music, everything, feelings, way of thinking, speaking, language, all that. So, um, so all this is part of this term. Also, before I, I, I let Dr. Trujillo continue with this conversation, especially that we want to hear from you, it's another two concepts that I wanted to make sure that you uh, have an idea. I put these two references of uh, bibliographical references in that map that I gave. Um, these two references are from two anthropologists. Um, one is um, the one from uh, um, the one that I gave you was the one from uh, Fernando Ortiz, which is um, uh, the book that I'm referring to is Contrapuntivo Cubano del Tabaco y del Azúcar. That means it's, uh, um, he makes a, a study of our cultures. He refers, of course, to the Caribbean part, Cuba in particular, the, let's say, the ascendance of African and Spanish people in Cuba. But this theory also applies to many other regions um, about the transformations that people have when you are exposed to two different cultures. And that's the main point of Fernando Ortiz. He came up with a new uh, term uh, that is called transculturation, opposite to the other one that was called acculturation, which is the, lo the loss of your own culture. 
to acquire a new one. Um, for him, a, a better term that he invented was transculturation because there is a, a transition from one culture to another, which we cannot avoid because with the years, with the time that you are away from your own place, you acquire new uh, new views, new a new world, really, a new cultural world. But you still keep your original culture, and that's why he liked that term of transculturation, opposite to acculturation, which would mean the loss of your own culture, your own roots. So we talk a lot about in the States about roots. That's what he's talking about. This is the one about Fernando Ortiz. And for you, if you are interested in this particular study of the differences of uh, uh, people from Latin, well, see, another term, Latin America, which I will talk later, um, from Hispano America, it's also the work by um, uh, Darcy Ribeiro, who is a Brazilian anthropologist also, historian. And he, what he does is he does a study of all the people in, um, in America and how he classifies them according to the experiences that they have had through history. For instance, it's not the same to talk about Peru who, or Guatemala or Mexico who were the center of a, you know, very advanced civilization, you know, as you know for, for your studies, the Mayans, the Aztecs, and the Incas. And it's very different to talk, for instance, for, about uh, Argentina, who is a, a country which is very different that developed a little much later from immigration from Europe. And also, it's different to talk about other countries that came to this part of the world and brought the institutions from uh, Europe. So all these elements are, uh, you know, some are broad and general, but they all come to this idea when you want to think about Hispanic. What does that mean? Um, so uh, having said that, I will still be talking and then I'll tell you at the end of the conversation whether I'm Hispanic or not. I still feel uh, we need to discuss that first. Well, as my colleague says, uh, we are here to, to hear from you. I have been in the same classroom, Tolentine 407, this Caribbean, about uh, 100 degrees over there, <laughs> from 9.15 to half an hour ago. Then, of course, I want to hear from you and not talk too much. But when I ask uh, Maria Gladys, are you Hispanic? I was thinking what I would say. If somebody asked me, are you Hispanic? I, use, I will say no. I'm Chilote. My friends know that I'm not even Chilean. Chile is so big for me. I'm from my island, that is Chiloé. For that reason, I'm Chilote. <laughs> and also because uh, the words have a burden, hmm? then what means Hispanic for the people that is saying Hispanic? That is very important. I feel very well when I say I'm Hispano-Americano, Spanish-American. But I feel something very different when somebody says you are Hispanic. I lived in Chile for a long, long time, most of my life. And when I came here, giving the same example that Maria Gladys gave to you, and I arrived in the Miami airport, for the first time in my life, I was 39 years old. I realized that I was not white. I looked 
everywhere. I said, but what happened with me? <laughs> Until two hours ago, I was white. Now I am a different thing. Then, you know, Maria Gray said that maybe goodwill thing, I never think in goodwill. I think that is something really wrong there when you start cataloging the people and this is that, 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 that. When I meet a people from Latin America, and I don't know that they are from Latin America, I never ask, are you Hispanic? It would be stupid. Uh, because uh, what means that for us? What, uh, how can we say Hispanic to an 80 people from Mexico that doesn't speak Spanish? And he or she never is going to learn Spanish, but they live in Mexico then they are Hispanic. What is this? I think the, the meaning of the word is absolutely wrong, depending, depending on the feeling that is using the word. If uh, Hispanic, if all the people that uh, live in Spanish-speaking countries, you are English, because you are living in an English-speaking country. And we have to say that the people from South Africa are English. Well, it's about the same. Because if all the people that used to live in Spanish-speaking countries are Hispanic, all the people living in English-speaking countries are English. I don't see any difference. Then I, I don't think it's a goodwill thing to catalogue the people in that way. But of course, we have a lot more to, to talk about that. And. Uh, you are the people who speaks English. I speak English so bad because I am Hispano, according to you. Uh, and I'm very proud of that. But I would like to know what Hispanic and what kind of connotations has the word Hispanic. Because, because it's not just the meaning of the word. It's the connotation that every word has. Mm -hmm. The words are an abstraction. Mm -hmm. You call chair that thing, but if you call tree, it will not be different. Just you and me know that that chair is not a chair, it's a tree. But in this case, the important part of the question is what really means Hispanic when this word is in your mouth, when you are using that. I just want to uh, clarify something. Um, we were talking about this word Hispanic, but uh, we're thinking in English, let's say North American content. No, mm -hmm. no we're not talking about the Spanish-speaking countries. I mean, if you are Peruvian, you're Peruvian, you're Chilean, you're Chilean. And there is no question, nobody questions that. Uh, there are other questions over there, as you were saying. There are non-Spanish-speaking people living in Spanish-speaking countries would be offended they are said that they are even uh, you know Spanish speakers like in general but we I think just so that we can discuss about something in specific we should refer to the Hispanic term in the United States mm -hmm. so that we can because of course you know this conversation about whether we are called English or Spanish like some people sometimes students um, say, oh, you're Spanish, and I say, no, I'm not Spanish, I'm Peruvian. I speak Spanish, but I'm not Spanish. That's something different. But we're not discussing that part today. 
that that will be another another time. But uh, what we want to uh, just, as Dr. Trujillo asked, maybe we'd like to open the dialogue with you to see what do you think. Just, we're just curious to see what do you think and what what is it that we are talking about and if you what are your ideas and from then on we take we take whatever or maybe hispanic and latino it's exactly the same what is the approach of you to, to those words right mm -hmm. okay um i'm just i have a question just because of what i am like my um, my dad is from texas and my mom is half Ecuadoriana and half spanish so from spain you mean uh-huh yeah. Okay, so what does this mean that um, does, is Spanish, people from Spain, does that, in America, does that mean that they are Hispanic? Is that a legitimate usage of the word? Or they actually are from Spain? Actually, that is a question for English speakers to see what they right. think. Okay, you want to say something? Legalistically, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, someone from Spain is Hispanic. But for example, me and my father's from Spain, but people look at me and they're like, they say, you look Irish, you're not Hispanic. And so it's kind of a constant struggle. Culturally, I would say, I guess in the United States, yes, I am Hispanic. But like you say, you're never gonna say you're Hispanic, you're gonna say you're Peruvian. But in legalistic terms, if the US Census Bureau marks me as what is she, they're gonna mark Hispanic. But the general population, I think that's debatable. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think, well, this was an invented, uh, you're talking about legal terms? Are yeah, you studying? All right. They try to, I, I don't know the reasons why they made these uh, classifications. I mean, they, they have also the classification of Asians, they have other Caucasians and whatever. How much it personally is Caucasian? To me, it has always been a. I always think in good terms and positive, and I think as, oh, it's to help them, I, I hope. You don't seem to think that way. Okay, we had two points of view, hopefully. Um, we know that things work always double in different ways, even when you mean well. Uh, but I, I would say that uh, that is just my, my, my humble opinion for all this is anybody that has some kind of heritage, somebody in, from Spanish-speaking country, and, and we are talking in the States and has a you know, lives here, I would say, has that heritage, you know? I mean, you will be more on the tendency, let's say, to this type of music, to this type of food, even if you don't speak the language. Because there are many times we have uh, people who are descended, second generation of immigration. This is going to happen. It happened in Italian, it happened in the other, in the other languages, too. The, the first, the first, uh, uh, immigrants, of course, they, they adapt here, they maintain their uh, identity, their country identity, their cultural identity very strong. It's the next generation is that how much they, they still have that uh, out of that and how do they feel about it. And at that point, I think there we had to see whether it has a bad connotation or a good connotation would depend on what experience I think they had. Because uh, uh, many times, if uh, it, and also it goes with the, these waves of uh, moods in the in the in the country, of, and like in all countries where you have a lot of immigrants, whether it's uh, agreeable or not to have a certain amount of uh, immigrants, um, 
we can think of, for instance, of Mexicans as years ago. I came to this country, oh, I don't even want to tell you the time, the, the years, because then I'm revealing my age. But many years ago, <laughs> when, I, when, uh, when I came, uh, for the first time I felt, oh, well, you know, I always felt that when I came, I used to say I'm a foreigner, because in Peru, when you are a foreigner, you are treated so well. So I used to be like, I came to a house, and I, one time I got lost, and the lady that, you know, I was living in her house before I went to the college. And uh, she, I, I said, oh, you know, I got lost. And I, I found a lady and I said, oh, could you please help me because I'm a foreigner and I don't know how to get to this house. And she says, and the lady said, oh, you didn't have to say that. Like if it was something bad. I was saying it with pride. And she said, oh, no, you don't have to say that. Like don't insult yourself. I, this was the first time I... Wait a minute, we have two different ways of thinking of that. I was proud because in Peru, when you are a foreigner, unless I think you are from Bolivia because we are almost the same, but everybody is like, oh my God, foreigner, you, you, you have such a treatment, such a good treatment. So when I came here, I always, I must confess, I felt like, oh, I'm foreigner, you know? And so this is, this is first generation experience. Uh, that, that happens, uh, you know, in in this country, and it all. I think it all depends on the experience. What I want to say is that it all depends on the experience. I was uh, when I came the first time. The first time, for instance, I heard the word Chicano, which means people coming from Mexico, and in the 60s, they have a historical. Uh, um, a historical moment, let's say. I'm not an expert on that, but from what I know. Now, when I came and I said, Chicago, Chicago, why do they have a name? I, 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 it was like my first reaction was, that's terrible. Why should we have a name? Should they have a name? I'm not Mexican. Then after years of knowing people from Mexico, themselves, some of, or at least some Mexicans, corrected my idea. They said, no, we are proud of that because Chicanos are the people who were descendants of Mexico and they defended their rights at that point because they were pressed a lot. Like when they came here that they couldn't speak Spanish. They wanted them to forget about the, to go through the process of acculturation, which I was talking to you at the beginning. And they reacted to that and they fought for that and they won, in a way, won. But one of the consequences of some people who were coming from Mexico at that point is that they immediately reacted and they wanted the best for the children. And because of that, they didn't want them to speak Spanish, learn English as fast as possible, and forget about this because it has a negative connotation. Yeah. So at that stage, many people forgot the language, though they were culturally very much uh, Hispanic in that term. Now, um, now it's funny that the next generation, I think, has reacted to that, and grandchildren of that are now great Spanish speakers. And so, I to summarize all this, I think there are just just waves of this of this idea. So, I would say that in that sense, if you think of Hispanic, yeah, it's sort of negative. But that, for instance, in my case, if I tell my children, my children are so happy to be called whatever. They're called here. They, they have inheritance from me, from Peru. They speak Spanish. 
They are culturally very Spanish and also Canadian, French-Canadian in addition. So also French goes into that. So this is, this is it, it all depends on, I think, the experience that, you know, that's happened. Now, these days, these days, now, 207, we're having a little bit of problems with those terms because we're having all this, um, you know, moment of immigration which is not that favorable, favorable for, I think, Spanish-speaking people. That's the reality. I'm not saying anything that's not true. You can see that in the news every day. And because of that, it might have, it might, for some people, have a connotation that is not the best. So it all depends on each person. I think for me, it's always positive. Uh, anybody has to feel proud of what they are, and I'm not going to deny. Well, I don't. Have, I cannot deny. I'm too old anyway. But I mean, my children wouldn't be, wouldn't need to deny anything. They're always proud to say that they are coming from Spanish. You know, they are Spanish-speaking uh, descent, Spanish-speaking descent, Peruvian descent. That's different. That's right. I'm very proud of being what I am. Of course but not to accept whatever anybody wants to say of me. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's two very different things. Uh, my situation is so different to Maria Gladys because my grandparents are from Chiloé, my family from Chiloé, my wife is from Chiloé, my kids are from Chiloé. <laughs> and when they went to, they start attending the school here all the time, they asked me at the beginning of the year, Dad, can we say that we are a little bit Spanish? or we have to say that we are 100% chilote. Because all my, my classmates say I'm 15% this, 15 that, 20, and we are just from Chiloé, and we are from, and I'm very happy, I'm very proud of that. My problem and my concern is that I am a poet, and I'm working and fighting with the wars every day. And as we see the word Hispanic, and I was telling you what means Hispanic, and it means that is all the people that lives in Spanish-speaking countries. Okay, that is okay. But also we have, I think we have to change the English language. That is the problem. <laughs> For example, every person that comes from Europe is European. But only the people from this country is American. Don't you think it's a little bit, at least, stupid? I'm from Chile. Long time ago, one of the, my secretaries asked me, where are you from? I said, from America. Are you American? Yes. I thought you are here just 19 years. Yes, but I have been in America all my life. But where are you from? Chile? Ah, from Chile, but not from America. Then the language is manipulated by the power. Why all the people from the different countries in Europe, no matter what language they speak, are European? But the only Americans here are the people from the States. The only country, I'm so sorry I have to say that, that does not have a name. This is a beautiful, huge, tremendous country. They don't have a name. My country is Chile. Her country is Peru. country of Mercedes is Spain. And this country has just a description, a bad and very imprecise description. United States of America. Mexicans are not so arrogant. Mexico is called United States of Mexico. 
the name of Brazil is United States of Brazil. They know where they are. And of course, they are Brazilians. But when I say I'm American, no, you are from Chile. Then I say I'm not Australian, I'm not Asian, not European, I'm from the moon. I don't have a continent. I, I think it's a manipulation of the world. Then I agree with Maria Gladys that I'm very proud and my family is very proud of uh, being part of a country in the south of South America that proudly speaks Spanish and we have the Spanish culture. But when I feel that somebody say, are you Hispanic? I really don't know what word she or he wants to say because it's not the word. The words never are problematic. Huh? How the words are used, that is the problem. But I say to you, I want to hear from you what means for you the palabra Hispanic. For me, I'm from Brazil, and it's very hard for me to say that I'm Hispanic. People will ask me all the time what's the difference between Portuguese and Spanish, and I'm like, <laughs> I can't tell you right now, if you just hear it, it's different. It's another um, language. <laughs> it's another language, you know, but and you said that it's very important politically and that it has a bad connotation, but what I've found in applying to jobs, I'm a senior, so I'm applying to jobs, that that's one of my greatest assets is to speak Spanish and Portuguese. So in the economic world, in the business world, that it's a great thing for you to be multicultural Hispanic. Um, but I try to tell people, like, no, I'm not Hispanic. I did not grow up speaking Spanish. I'm Latino, if you had to categorize me. And then it's a form of being politically correct. Um, I was just in Spain, and they have a lot of, their, their immigration wave has just come along. They have not had immigrants since Franco and everything. Um, and they're just starting to have a lot of immigration. And any, anyone who is Asian, who doesn't matter, Japan, China, Korea, they're Chino. That's it. They're just a Chino. It doesn't matter where you're from. That's what you are. And and you have those titles, and it's unfortunate. It is a, it is a barrier. Then um, another thing is I'm I'm half generation. I was born in Brazil, but I came to the U.S. when I was three months, so I don't really belong anywhere. But my brother was born here, and his name in Portuguese is Alexandre, which is the same thing as Alexander, but the last two letters are R-E instead of E-R. And my name's Flavia, which is also very different. Um, and I love just saying Flavia, like it shoots out there. People are like, oh wow, different kind of name. But my brother hates his name. That he gets called Alexandra, this and that. And he, he legally changed his name to Alexander because he did not like being different like that. So I see it, the, just the differences between my brother and I, just the how much I want to go back to Brazil, how much I want to go back to school to learn my Portuguese better. He has no idea. So to pull back to your roots and but you have to market yourself, especially in the world that we live in, to, to differentiate yourself. And I think that um, in the business world it is so impactful. It has such a great span over news and music and food obviously that it's hard to to label it and that it's unfortunate that this country does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
Um, well, another thing I noticed about the United States is when, I mean, I'm referring to the term of Hispanic, when they mean someone from a Spanish-speaking country or descendants of people from a Spanish-speaking country. So people, I know, probably the best uh, example I can give is the New Yorkers that drive around with the flag in their car, but generations have grown up in New York City for the year, whatever. And they say that they're Puerto Rican. And are, you ask somebody on St. Patrick's Day, and it turns out everybody in the United States is Irish. And they've never, they don't even know where Ireland is on a map. But, I mean, what are these people that don't speak the language? Like, literally their culture is non-existent, but they do have Maybe both their parents are from Spanish-speaking country, but I don't really consider these people Hispanic because, first of all, the language, I mean, how can you say that you're from, like, I'm saying in the term Hispanic being as from a Spanish-speaking country and your parents are from a Spanish-speaking country, that's fine. But for you to say that you are this instead of saying that you are American culturally is where I find, I mean, there is a difference, I think. Yeah, we'll go back, but... Yeah, I mean, I think he gets most of the New Yorkian thing from me because it really bothers me. I'm Puerto Rican, like, I live there. <laughs> and here there's so many people that are like, oh, you're Puerto Rican, me too, where do you live? In Puerto Rico? And you? Oh, in New York. And they, I mean, it doesn't bother me that they're glad to be Hispanic, but like, I'm really happy that she wants to learn about her culture, but most people that say they're Hispanic are just like, yeah, you know, I know how to draw the flag, and I know how to say, hola me llamo. <laughs> but they don't really, you know, they, I feel like they've lost the wanting to learn about it and stuff. And I don't feel like they should be, call themselves Latinos or whatever. It just feels like you're not. You're just saying it, like what she said, to get an advantage in society or in business. But they don't really, <laughs> most of them, I think, I don't know, at least ones I've met, they don't really have that feeling and desire to learn about it. Okay. I think in so many ways that's like a product of our culture and um, what we consider American is that we pride ourselves in being such a melting pot when it's so contradictory to say so because like through the generations, even when the first like wave of immigration was happening in the early 20th century, you have people um, just wanting to assimilate and the whole um, like country wants everyone to assimilate and if you're not, there's something wrong with that. If you're not learning the language, there's something wrong with that. When the first generation parents move and have children, the second generation, the children start learning the language and all of a sudden it's looked down upon that the parents don't know the language, they're not taken seriously. So I think there's so much pressure to assimilate that people do start to lose their culture here because that's the way we almost want it. That's, that's what we allow here. Well, I, I think it's also, this concept is changing with the years because I think people are getting a little more, because of the same amount of immigration, people now are more aware of other countries. Like years ago, to come here, it was just, you really have to, go through acculturation, forget about your own culture and just assimilate here. And people suffer in between because, for instance, in, as far as the language is concerned, uh, they were rushing so much to the English that the parents were talking in, in bad English to the kids. The kids were learning bad English and they couldn't learn the Spanish because they were not speaking the Spanish. So the ones that were losing a lot were really the kids. And maybe that's what you're referring to. Now I think it's a little bit of a, I don't know, maybe because I am in the 
in this profession where I have a lot of students who are studying Spanish and I, at least I make them aware of all this uh, idea of culture and, and they are different from maybe the general population in, in the States that would think of this word Hispanic. But, um, I think it's all the question of the, the experience of the moment, the historical moment when you have immigrated into this country. And uh, that will change from time to time. As I was saying before, I think now we're having a little bit of a, of, it's contradictory because it's the moment that really being uh, accepted, because there, there was no choice, that 12% of the population is Spanish, as, as you were saying, it's a great asset. And I try to even tell my students who are not uh, Spanish-speaking descendants to learn the language because that's really helping. Everybody's hearing this. <laughs> Spanish is very important. And, uh, and I think the appreciation for that is being, I think, a little stronger these days. I don't know, maybe I'm too optimistic. But I, I believe that's what's happened. I don't think I'm optimistic because I've been working, I have been working with, for instance, the Lauder Institute, which is the Wharton School, and um, they, I mean, the real leaders there, they speak not just Spanish. Spanish is the second language practically. They have a third language and a fourth language sometimes, and I know that all of them. Um, they really have to have an appreciation of other languages and cultures. I, I understand, understand Carlos, and I don't like that either. You know the the reality of having, you know, casillas, you no, know, the, the limits or no, you are Hispanic, you are Caucasian, you are Asian, you are this. That's difficult. <laughs> Nobody wants to be put into it, 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 it. and I still question the reason why they did that years ago. And as I say, I wanted to think it was something positive, but it, it's, it's Well, in, in this half an hour period, you have learned that I'm against everything all the time. And that's good <laughs> when we have a conversation. I agree with Flavia and with Maria Gladys that to speak Spanish is a great asset. But it's not the same thing. That is a great asset to speak Spanish than to be Hispanic. Because Spanish brings a new instrument, a new tool in your work. But to be Hispanic brings a lot of stereotypes. Ah, you are Hispanic. They are not saying that you speak Spanish. They are saying that you are lazy, that you are da 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 da, a lot of other things in the world. Then I think it's two very thing, two very different things. To learn Spanish. It's not because the people like the Hispanic people. It's because it's going to be very good in the profession. And it's what we have to teach to our students. Please take Spanish classes because it's going to be very important in your future. But that doesn't mean that the people like the Hispanics. Well, yeah, maybe we can, uh, we can uh, also put that question to Hispanic descendants, whether it's good that they speak or they don't speak the language. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to hear from other people to see what that your thoughts are. Or, yeah. Just to piggyback off of what Trudio said, I believe that Hispanic is a word that's easily manipulated because, for example, this university, they consider me Hispanic. But before, when I was applying, they were giving me a hard time whether I am or not. But once they started doing statistics, they're like, oh, in terms of diversity, <laughs> let's consider you 
Hispanic because then it seems as if we have a more diverse university. And then I questioned them and said, well, when I was applying, why were you giving me a hard time about my, my background? So that's why when you said your friend puts other, that's exactly why. Because they could take that one little word and use it however they want, for good, bad, or indifferent. That's right. Somebody else. I know just from like my area at home, I just had this like, it was like a like, kind of little bubble, like white community, and we didn't have ever, like everyone was white and Catholic, and um, so when people say Hispanic, they think of Mexican, and they don't know anything outside that. They don't even relate it to Spain, like, so 